Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast, The Solo Sessions. On today's episode, we've got plenty of basketball to talk. Of course, the regular season finale for the Badgers ended in disappointing fashion on Sunday as they dropped a back-and-forth game to Nebraska. So we'll talk about everything that stood out in that contest, as well as talk about the injury to Johnny Davis. According to the latest update, it sounds like he's doing better and should be okay. So everyone out there that's listening to this can kind of let go and release their breath after a tense uh, 12 hours. So certainly not the end that they wanted, but then after that, we'll take a look at the Big Ten tournament, kind of give you guys a preview of some of those games. We'll talk about Wisconsin's possible matchups, and then we'll look at some other games that will start off the Big Ten season. Of course, it's a great time of year. You've got uh, conference tournaments kicking off right before March Madness, so it should be a fun couple weeks. After we talk about the Big Ten tournament, We'll get into a little bit of football. Junior Day was this past weekend, so there's been some new offers that went out. We'll give you guys a rundown on the offers that went out for the Badgers, and we'll talk a little bit of football to round things out. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the regular season finale for Wisconsin against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Really, when you look at this game, to me, not all that surprised at the end result of this contest. I know that sounds a little crazy. This team has won so many games late down the wire, but... For me, something just felt a little off with this team from the jump. Of course, you had the senior day celebration before the game. I still think this team was riding a little high from the Purdue victory earlier in the week, the celebration, all of that. It felt to me that the energy, at least for this team in this contest early on, was a little off. And, and the way the Badgers started certainly indicated that. This game wasn't a game where Nebraska just came back late. They had a lead for a good portion of the first half. And Wisconsin, we talk about the start that they had, four turnovers on the first six possessions. So Wisconsin came out and, and really did not play well from the jump on this game. Really one of their worst starts of the season. You look back to that early game against Texas A&M where everything was going against them. It seemed kind of similar to that. And then, of course, we've seen how much this team has progressed from that game. And all of a sudden, some of those ugly woes that started uh, early in the season kind of reared their head in this finale. A little later in the first half, Wisconsin, of course, was trailing 21-13. Johnny Davis picked up his second foul about halfway through the first half. And really from there, things continued to kind of go off the rails. Nebraska extended to a 12-point lead. They were hitting, it seemed like, everything. I believe they shot 57% early in that first half. But Wisconsin closed the gap late in the second half, getting into halftime with a four-point deficit, 40-36. to Coming out in the second half, things kind of went back and forth. Wisconsin was able to grab a lead, and then, of course, the big injury happened to Johnny Davis. Really just a hard foul on Davis, a, kind of an ugly incident overall, and you looked at it and you thought maybe it was a head injury, maybe it was a collision uh, type of injury, but actually ended up being a lower leg injury for Davis, and that kept him out for the remainder of the contest. 
one would think without their best player it would certainly hurt Wisconsin and it did later in the game but Wisconsin certainly played inspired basketball in that second half after Johnny Davis went out they went on a 13-3 run and outscoring Nebraska 21-7 to after he hit the locker room so certainly a tough blow for Wisconsin but they played inspired beyond the injury but it just seemed like a situation where they couldn't find that finish and that closer and that uh, injury rear, really reared its ugly head later on. Looking at it late in that second half, Wisconsin got the lead out to a 72-61 game. And from there, the final four, five minutes and 48 seconds, Nebraska closed the game on a 12-2 run, and Wisconsin just essentially couldn't buy a bucket. They missed their final nine field goal attempts and did not make a basket for the final five minutes and 48 seconds. Credit to Nebraska, they found a way to win. They were in foul trouble throughout that second half, and they continued to pour in shots. Wisconsin had plenty of open looks in that final stretch, just did not knock them down. You talk about the last second shot, Chucky Hepburn had a wide open three, of course, got lucky in that Purdue game, banking in a three. But you even look at it, Stephen Crowell, when the Badgers were down one, about an easy of a bunny as you're going to get, and unfortunately for him, just missed the target on that one. So it was clear that Wisconsin late in the game was struggling a little bit to figure out who to play their offense through. Brad Davison was getting some double teams, so it was open shots for others, and as was Tyler Wall, but the shots just were not falling in this game. And when you're playing that tense game and you don't have the guy to play through in your normal Johnny Davis, it was clear that Wisconsin was a little bit hampered in that regard, playing a little nervous, a little frantic, and just not something we've seen from this team for most of the season. When you look at this team, they've played a ton of late game tight contests. I mean, we talked about the record, now they can't keep that pace up, and that's certainly a fair assessment, but Wisconsin has been on the winning end of a lot of these close late games down the stretch, and this game they just didn't have it. Maybe that's the basketball world balancing things out. Maybe it's just a tough day for Wisconsin, but overall just could not buy a bucket in that final stretch. And when you play that way, we've talked about Wisconsin basketball for years on this podcast. There are stretches that happens. It can't be in the final five minutes and 48 seconds. And unfortunately for Wisconsin, it was. And that ends up being uh, a game that they dropped to a Nebraska team that, to be fair to Nebraska, has been playing well this past week. But for the, over the course of the entire season has been a bottom feeder of the Big Ten and really a loss that... You can't really explain when you look at all the things they had in front of them in terms of an outright Big Ten title. It's a hard one to swallow. It's a tough loss, and, and certainly we'll have a lot of these Badger players looking in the mirror knowing that this performance is not something that you want to see from this team. But I must say, I think the expectations still need to be tempered. Yes, it sucks that this team, of course, lost the Big Ten title outright. But if we would have went back to November and said, hey, this Wisconsin basketball team was going to be Big Ten co-champions, I don't think any one of us would have balked and said, no, we don't want that. I think all of us would have signed a contract that said, yes, we'll happily take co-champions because for many of us, we expected this team to be 8, 9, 10 in this conference and not compete for anything. So to have a tie for first, while it's a tough bill to swallow in the moment, as you look back on the season and reflect, I don't think it's all that big of a blow as you're looking at so we'll see how this team responds but for right now it certainly probably sucks and certainly hurts but i'm sure this team is ready to just flush that down the toilet and get to indianapolis speaking of indianapolis of course with that tie in the regular season wisconsin will now be the two seed instead of the one seed as the illinois fighting line i won their loan contest between the two which is the tiebreaker so illinois gets the top spot while wisconsin gets the two seed however before we transition to indianapolis i'll give you guys an update 
on Johnny Davis. Of course, after the game, Greg Gard said he expected him to be okay. The reports came out that it was an ankle sprain and that should, he should be ready to go. So thankfully, we can all stop holding our breath, as I said at the beginning of the show, because it sounds like he'll be all right and ready to go. Um, hopefully for Indianapolis. I know there has been some uh, people out there on Twitter talking about maybe holding him out for this game, getting sure he's ready for March. But I think for the Badgers in terms of seeding, you want to go down to Indianapolis and try and, and win a couple games. And the competitive nature of a lot of these guys, I don't expect. If, if Johnny Davis is ready to go, I expect him to be out on the court and helping this team uh, try and win a couple games and boast their seeding because right now we're kind of balancing on that 2-3 seed line. So a couple wins in Indianapolis could certainly elevate them back up to that 2 seed line. I think a 1 seed is certainly out of the question at this point. But a nice 2 seed is certainly still in the realm if they can win a couple games down in Indy. The Big Ten tournament will get going on Wednesday, March 9th, when you've got the Nebraska Cornhuskers and Northwestern playing one of the first games along with Minnesota and Penn State. That will move into Thursday, where Wisconsin will have that double bye, so they will not play until Friday. But on Thursday, you'll have a great matchup between Indiana and Michigan. Nebraska Northwestern winner will take on Iowa. Then you've got Maryland-Michigan State, and the winner of that Minnesota-Penn State game will move on to face Ohio State. So really, in the predetermined matchups on Thursday, you've got a ton of great games. You look at this game, Indiana-Michigan, right now, both of those teams firmly on the bubble, according to Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm. Both of those two have Indiana out, and both of those two have Michigan in their last four in in some way, shape, or form. I believe Lenardi has Michigan as getting a bye versus the uh, Jerry Palm has them playing in the first four games. So a huge game for them in that one, a winner, possibly winner moves on and makes the NCAA tournament, loser could have their bubble burst. So certainly a fun one to watch in that regard. But after that, you've got a fun matchup between Maryland and Michigan State, and the winner of that game would, of course, move on to take on the Badgers after that double bye. And overall, as you dive into the matchup here, I think this is actually a better draw for Wisconsin than that Michigan-Indiana game. Because as I just mentioned, Indiana and Michigan, both teams that are firmly on the bubble right now, are going to be hungry to come out and win a couple games here in Indianapolis and try and put themselves in the NCAA tournament. And two teams that are playing a little bit better versus Wisconsin's matchup in that two-seed spot, You've got two teams in Michigan State and Maryland that have kind of been reeling over the last 10 games. Michigan State just 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They've finished their regular season with a win over these Maryland Terps, but overall it's been a really tough second half of the season for the Spartans. On the flip side, Maryland 5-5 five and five in their last 10 and had a really bad five-game losing streak late January into February. So both of these teams kind of struggling, struggling to uh, score the basketball, struggling to defend, and really just not playing good basketball overall. Now, of course, Michigan State in March is always a tough draw, but this just isn't a Michigan State team that is playing really great basketball right now. And who knows, maybe they've, if they get some things corrected over these next few days before heading to Indianapolis, maybe they'll be a better team. But I think in terms of what teams are around them and having two teams that are competing for a, a bubble spot versus Michigan State, who's right now firmly in, Maryland firmly out. I think this is an okay draw for the Badgers in that second seed spot. I think the tougher blow is when you look at beyond that, if Wisconsin were to win that game against Michigan State or Maryland and get the three seed, you could likely see a matchup between Wisconsin and Purdue in that Saturday game. Now, of course, Ohio State, a team that's been reeling, could make a run and if they get some things corrected and knock off Purdue. But it seems like if uh, those teams meet up, you'd have a third game between Wisconsin and Purdue. While Illinois and that other side of the bracket, whoever comes out of there, you're looking at a, a nice setup in terms of Nebraska-Northwestern 
playing Iowa, and then the winner of that playing Rutgers. So the four seed being Rutgers certainly is a nice uh, little cushion for Illinois that way. But regardless, you're going to play who you're going to play. And I think Wisconsin sits in an okay spot to try and get some things right as they move forward. But to hone in on the Badgers' first matchup, when you look back in between Maryland and Michigan State, you've got two teams that Wisconsin fared fairly well against across the uh, entire regular season. In their lone contest with the Maryland Terps, Wisconsin won in College Park 70-69. to Really a dominating game from Tyler Wall and Johnny Davis. When you look at back early in the season, that was kind of the stretch where Tyler Wall was struggling. This was one of the games where he kind of broke out and, and really had a really solid game, putting together 21 points and leading all scorers. On the other side, Eric Ayala was a tough matchup for the Badgers, as was Fats Russell. Both of those two got into double figures, so it was a back-and-forth game. Wisconsin had a lead at half, and then Maryland came storming back, but the Badgers were able to hang on in that contest. So a rematch from there would certainly be a tough one. Maryland, an experienced team, of course, got some uh, issues with their coaching staff, but overall, I think uh, the, the Terps are a team that will, will still be a tough out, and anyone is in this Big Ten tournament. Everyone's coming to try and earn their trip to the big dance. Switching gears now to Michigan State, things did not go so well for Wisconsin in their first matchup back in January on the 21st. Really, it was a big game, came in with Michigan State ranked 14th. Wisconsin kind of exceeded expectations so far that year and then really kind of got the doors blown off by Michigan State and then opening round won an 86-74 loss at the Kohl Center. Really uh, just a tough game where Wisconsin just had no chance in that game and they were really this game was one that you look back on and it was it was pretty over pretty quickly i mean wisconsin just struggled to make shots and michigan state came out and played a complete game of basketball however in their second meeting in east lansing wisconsin came out and played really well back in february the at that time michigan state was ranked 17th but that was kind of the start of their their few game skid and all of a sudden it looks like a completely different michigan state team than what we've seen over the course of the season in both of those matchups so which Michigan State team will it be in Indianapolis? I don't think anyone knows. Of course, Tom Izzo and his group in March, they're always a tough out, but I think it's going to be an interesting first-round matchup. Whoever wins that uh, that early game between the Spartans and the Terrapins. If you want to get a look at that Michigan State and Maryland game, that game will be game five, and that will tip off Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so 5.30 for those of you in the great central time zone. And the Badgers will play the winner of that on Friday, March 11th at 5.30 Central Time in Game 9. So plenty of fun action coming up in the Big Ten Tournament as we move forward here. The entire tournament tips off Wednesday. Before we switch gears over to football, though, I want to give you guys the latest update in terms of bracketology, because certainly we're not looking ahead past the Big Ten Tournament. But things are starting to take place and look clearer as to where Wisconsin might be in the NCAA tournament. Of course, every week I write an update on the latest Bracketology release, and that should be up shortly on Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com. But for those of you that have not read it or just listened to the podcast, Wisconsin is still sitting in a pretty favorable position despite the damage that occurred on Sunday against Nebraska. According to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, Wisconsin is still at a two-seed despite that loss. Part of that probably goes into the fact that Wisconsin is out without Johnny Davis, and hopefully that uh, is considered in the equation somewhat. And that uh, still shows Wisconsin as a two-seed in Milwaukee, and they'd be taking on Long Beach State, the 15th seed. The winner of that game would take on the 7-10 seed between Colorado State and Wake Forest. So really an interesting matchup when you look at You'd be in the West Division or West Bracket in that uh, in that projection, and the top seed would be 
Gonzaga. Switching gears now to CBS Sports projections from Jerry Palm. He has the Badgers now as a three seed, previously as a two seed, but they would still be the three seed in the Milwaukee region in the West with Gonzaga at the top. According to Palm, he also projects Wisconsin to play Long Beach State, and the winner of that would take on Colorado State and Loyola Chicago, who has already punched their ticket after winning the Missouri Valley Conference. But if you're trying to get a read on who Wisconsin might meet in that first round, it seems like a lot of projections show Long Beach State to be a team around them. They take on uh, the Big West tournament tipping off on Thursday, so certainly a team that if you're looking to scout some possible teams that Wisconsin could meet up with in that first round, that's a team to keep an eye on. Both Lenardi and Palm also have Colorado State on the other side of the Badgers cluster, so that's a team to watch for in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Overall, though, these are just projections, and we have really had no idea where Wisconsin will be or who they'll play, but I think the most important piece is that both Palm and Lenardi are currently projecting Wisconsin to be playing their first two games in Milwaukee at the Pfizer Forum. When you look at a two seed or a three seed, it really doesn't matter that much. I think the most important part is Wisconsin would be projected to play in Milwaukee. You would have, of course, a very nice home court advantage while still on a quote-unquote neutral court in those opening round games. So whether it's a two seed or a three seed, Wisconsin being in that Milwaukee spot would be huge for them as they move forward and try to survive that first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Of course, being in Gonzaga's bracket is not that great, but you can always deal with that uh, situation when it comes. All right, guys, that wraps up everything for the basketball side. So we're going to get some ads out of the way, and then we'll talk about some new football offers that really recently went out, as well as some junior day updates. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys. Well, basketball has certainly been the focal point for us on the podcast over the last couple of weeks as it's been kind of slow for football season. But there's been some recent updates that we want to catch you guys up on on the football side, including a ton of new offers that went out for Wisconsin Badgers over the course of the last week. One of those offers was to Trey Spivey out of Chandler, Arizona, the three-star wide receiver out of Hamilton High School. Had other offers from Arizona, Colorado State, Kansas State, Nevada, Utah State, among others. Maybe the name Spivey sounds familiar to Brewer fans out there. It's because his father, Trey's father, Junior Spivey, is a former MLB second baseman who played for the Brewers back in 2004, 2005. Personally, one of my favorite players during his limited time at uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers. Spivey stands at 6'4", 180 pounds as a wideout. So once again, you're seeing, I think, wide receiver coach Elvis Witted is looking for a certain type of his wide receivers. He wants some length in that wide receiver room as the last few offers and part of that 2022 class. You're talking about Tommy McIntosh. Some of those guys really have some good size to them. So you're looking at Wisconsin in terms of what they're trying to build in this passing game. It looks like wide receivers with some height and some length and good speed is something that they want to develop at that spot. And Spivey certainly fits that mold. He's got a nice catch radius. He looks like a player that could be a really good red zone target and pretty good speed for a guy that stands at six foot four. After Spivey, there was also a three-star cornerback offer that went out in Quinton Ahara out of Kennesaw, Georgia, out of North Cobb High School. He's also got some offers from Georgia Tech, NC State, and Wake Forest, among others. Standing at 5'11, he's played a little bit of cornerback and a little bit of safety for his high school, and really is a guy that 
is not afraid to get in there and make a play on the football. Very physical defensive back. Likely projects to be a corner because he's got good speed, but you can see that he is not afraid to stick his nose in the play and make a tackle. And I think that's huge when you look at Big Ten football. Wisconsin likes to recruit. You know, you've got to have cornerbacks that can come up and make tackles and not just play in pass coverage. It's a, a league that is dominated by run games, and you need to be able to cover, but you certainly need to be able to come up and help and run defense as well. And this is certainly a player that fits that mold. After those two, five other offers went out. So we'll give you guys just a quick rundown on some of these. 2023 cornerback wide receiver Nate Johnson out of Clearwater, Florida, and Clearwater Central Catholic High School. Received an offer from Wisconsin. He's also got offers from Boston College, Indiana, Iowa State, Minnesota, West Virginia, and is a player that has played on both sides of the ball, currently unrated by rivals and 247. Beyond that, 2023 four-star cornerback Braden Marshall out of Lake Mary, Florida. Again, that South Florida defensive back pipeline is a guy that Wisconsin is on their radar and was offered earlier this week. He's got offers from Arkansas, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, Indiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State. A lot of Big Ten teams in there. He's the number 31 cornerback in the nation. Very talented player. A four-star cornerback. Certainly something that Wisconsin would love to land. Probably going to be a little bit tougher of a competition. But right now, I think Wisconsin, in terms of the offers that he's received, and certainly he'll continue to gain more, is in a position. He's also got an offer from Tennessee and and a, a player um, from down there certainly is intrigued by the SEC in a lot of different ways, but I think Wisconsin can be a guy that keeps in the mix there as well. Moving on down the line, you've got three-star offensive tackle Evan Link out of Washington, D.C., Gonzaga College High School. He received an offer from Wisconsin. Another guy that's got a ton of offers from other teams in the Big Ten in Michigan, Northwestern, Penn State, as well as some teams like Virginia Tech and Tennessee. He's the number 18th offensive tackle in the country, so certainly a guy that Wisconsin will want to keep an eye on and should have a possible um, progress to uh, land a player of his caliber. Moving on down the line now, Jeremiah Love was another offer from Wisconsin out of St. Louis and Christian Brothers College High School. He got an offer from the Badgers, and he's got also 30 reported offers, including Alabama, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oregon, USC, among others. He's certainly a a talented player. When you look at his huddle tape, a physical runner, a guy that I think could certainly develop into something promising for the Badgers if they were to keep him in their radar. The final offer in that cluster of offers that went out last week is Matthew Klopfenstein of Scottsdale, Arizona. He's got other offers from Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, Cal, Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, and others. Standing at 6'5", 225, 230 pounds, rated as the number 713th player and number 35 tight end in the country. So certainly a guy that Wisconsin will look to try and land um, in terms of the tight end position. Certainly going to be looking for bodies there. You've got a young group of tight ends in the room right now, but you're certainly going to be looking for talent in there. And with the last couple classes not taking a ton of tight ends, I think you've got a chance to try and take one per class as you move forward. To round out the football news, guys, you had this past week in Wisconsin hosted Junior Day, so hosted quite a few players as they look to get a read on their next group of prospects. One of the players that attended Junior Day and received an offer was that of tight end Jackson Carver. He's out of Culver, Indiana. Got some other offers from some big schools in West Virginia and Boston College, but looks like Wisconsin could certainly be in the running for him. A 6'6 tight end out of the Midwest is certainly something that would be on the Badgers' radar, and he picked up an offer this past Sunday at Junior Day. In addition to Jackson Carver, many other offers went out to Wisconsin, one being to Cole Shivers out of Segura, Scottsdale, Arizona cornerback part of the class of 2023 group currently rated as a three-star corner beyond that you've got Khalil Tate an athlete out of the class of 2023 from Kenwood in Chicago Illinois another three-star player 
where he translate likely as a defensive back but he picked up an offer from wisconsin as well moving on now 2023 defense ben brooks Barr also picked up a visit during his junior day out of willamette illinois uh, part of that 2023 group strong side defensive end Really a good frame at 6'6", 250, something I think Wisconsin can certainly build on as they try and get into his recruitment a little bit. After that, the other offer that went out was to Nate White out of Rufus King High School in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A six-foot, 170-pound running back, part of the class of 2023, could be a nice piece to pick up as Wisconsin tries to build some depth back up to that running back room as they move forward here. All in all, it sounds like Wisconsin's uh, junior day went relatively well this past Sunday. It sounds like quite a few offers went out to some new players. Of course, as you kind of get into this down period of football news, these are the things that you're going to be talking about in terms of recruitment. It's a lifeblood of a program, as we say on Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com. And you're starting to see the inroads of this 2023 class start to take off as they try and piece together a class to bounce back from what was a struggle class this past year. Certainly plenty of talented players, but they'd like to get that rating elevated. And these few offers that have won out will be some of the foundation pieces of that group. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening to this solo session. Later in the week, I'll be back to talk to you about the Big Ten Tournament. We'll get you guys an update on the latest results from the Badgers, any other news that we need to catch up on football-wise, but mostly we'll probably be talking about what should be a fun week of college basketball as we get closer and closer to the best time of the year, March Madness. So thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin.